Daniel, you and I are both on Twitter. We both browse the, the Twitter quite a oh, bit. Oh, I'm, I'm on Twitter all the time. I love my Twitter. Now, the news came down uh, that uh, starting November 22nd, according to tweets made by the company's CEO, Twitter will no longer have political ads globally. Like, they're banning all political ads all the way across the globe. And this was a, a long tweet thread by CEO Jack Dorsey that kind of uh, brought this news down. Now, this comes on the heels of last week, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook struggling to explain Facebook's policy regarding fake ads and that sort of thing in front of Congress. And uh, did you watch any of that at all, or have you seen any of the clips? Yeah, I definitely watched some of the highlights. They were making the rounds on Twitter and on YouTube, and oof, they're a doozy. They are a doozy, and I, I want to play a clip here because it illustrates, I think, the sticky situation that social media companies are in when it comes to when it comes to these fake ads and when it comes to what's true and what's not on these yeah. platforms. And so I'm going to play this uh, this excerpt of Mark Zuckerberg talking to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Now, you're f- like anybody's feelings on her aside, I think she has some very good questions and raises some relevant issues for all politicians, not just uh, not just one side or the other. So listen with an open mind, depending on however you feel about her, <laughs> because I-, I think this is a really interesting exchange. Do you see a potential problem here with a complete lack of fact-checking on political advertising? Well, Congresswoman, I think lying is bad, and I think if you were to run an ad that had a lie, that would be bad. That's different from it being, uh, from it, from, for in our position, the right thing to do to prevent uh, your constituents or people in an election from seeing that you had lied. Um, so we can, so you won't take down lies, or you will take down lies. I think it's just a pretty simple yes or no. Congresswoman. Uh, in, I'm not talking about spin. I'm talking about actual in, yes, disinformation. Yes, in a democracy, okay. I believe that people should be able to see for themselves what politicians that they may or may not vote for. So are you saying won't take judge them their down. Character for themselves. So you won't take. You may flag that it's wrong, but you won't take it down. Uh, Congresswoman, it's uh, it, it depends on the context that it shows up. Organic post. So she interrupts again, and this kind of just keeps going on where she tries to nail him down on whether or not. Okay, she, she kind of threw out an example. Could I run ads against Republican or in Republican primaries right. saying that certain Republicans voted for the Green New Deal when right. they very clearly did not? Right. And she kept using this example, and he kept trying to dodge and dip and dive, duck, dip, dodge, <laughs> dip and dive. The five D's yes, uh, of dodgeball. But so he kept trying to dodge the question. But what it really illustrates is that in as long as you are willing to take money from political campaigns, from political ads, you're going to have a philosophical question of how exactly you handle misinformation and just outright lies. And I thought that was a really good example of that. So Twitter, by kind of nipping this in the bud, is this a smart idea or is this a cop-out from a difficult question and kind of removing yourself from a political process when, as a social media platform, you are part of the conversation, whether you like, like it or not? Mm. Yeah, I... Uh... I see many sides of the issue here, and a lot of them resonate with me uh, because it really is not black and white. Uh, you know, I think to a degree, the idea of uh, having stronger fact checking for political ads as a social media platform should be, you know, intrinsic to what you do. Um, you know, you, there shouldn't be. The ability to pay uh, a platform for airtime, runtime of a, an advertisement that is a straight up lie, factually incorrect. Right. I mean, television is able to do this. You know, you're not allowed to run ads that literally lie to consumers. 
Uh, so you would hope that a social media platform would do the same. However, I do also see the argument that do we really want to entrust kind of a blind faith in basically tech oligarchs in Silicon Valley to police and monitor mm -hmm. the content that flows through our platforms. Right. And without very detailed information on this is exactly how we would monitor, this is who we would bring on to fact check and how many layers of uh, of oversight this would be in. Like, sure. I, I don't think the consumer and I don't think the politically savvy, uh, you know, either politically involved people or just voters would really enjoy, I think, having Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, which is also Facebook, just, you know, deciding what is and what isn't appropriate. Mm -hmm. um, because, I mean... Not to get touchy, uh, but, you know, often there are large issues uh, that come down the pipeline that there is dissenting opinion on, but that dissenting opinion is not the opinion of the gov or not the opinion of, you know, you, you kind of go against the grain. And sometimes we find out a decade later, oh, okay, yeah, these people were right and what we were hearing and what was supposedly you know you got to accept this as important information intelligence that is 100% accurate was not 100% accurate it was actually mostly false now in that situation would dissenters putting out information be banned and we say ah this is false you know no we have direct intelligence from the government that says this isn't um this isn't false you're lying we're going to ban this now so it it, it could have a backwards effect, I think. And I also think that uh, banning political advertisement completely, and to Jack's point, he would also ban issues advertisement. So not just related to campaigns, but also national policy issues or any sort of ad pushing for legislation. So that includes things like abortion, tax reform, um, uh, well, healthcare, uh, anything in between, that is no longer allowed. So, A, how do you define what is a national issue that is worthy of being banned? Uh, and B, what kind of a negative impact might this have on important issues that need a boost through funding, you know, that need to be pushed into the public eye beyond just writing a hot tweet mm -hmm. that plays to the algorithm well. I, I, I don't know. It, it's very layered, and I see both sides of the issue. Um, I, I just don't know if banning all political advertisement and issue advertisement is going to do anything beyond just... Uh, kind of enabling inflammatory and hot take tweets to just be more and more important for you to get your issues across as a politician now mm -hmm. on these platforms. You got to find a way to play the algorithm and play your audience right to get those retweets and get those likes instead of maybe pushing for, hey, chip in five bucks to my campaign, right? Yeah. Or, you know, pushing for, hey, here's information on this issue. We're going to pay uh, for Twitter to advertise on it. So, I think it could backfire and punish people that aren't utilizing political advertisements in a negative way. Um, and uh, I, I I don't know. It's tough. It's a very tough and layered issue that I see both sides of. 
Jack had a series of uh, of tweets. There were there are a lot of them, and it was hard to kind of scroll through and find certain ones. But there were three that stood out to me, kind of in a row. And so I'll read those. It says, yeah. "Internet political ads present entirely new challenges to civic discourse: machine learning based optimization of messaging and micro targeting, unchecked misleading information, and deep fakes, all at increasing velocity, sophistication, and overwhelming scale. These challenges will affect all internet communication, not just political ads. Best to focus our efforts on the root problems without the additional burden and." complexity of taking money brings trying to fix both means fixing neither well and harms our credibility for instance it's not credible for us to say we're working hard to stop people from gaming our system to spread misleading info but if someone pays us to target and force people to see their political ad well they can say whatever they want and that's an interesting way of putting it and that to me was the most compelling argument right like they can do all of these different things to try to combat misleading information and that sort of thing. But if you pay Twitter enough money, then okay, yeah, we'll let you target whoever you want with a misleading advertisement or untrue information. And uh, that kind of illustrates, I suppose, the pickle that social media outlets are in um, with this whole thing. And so you're right. I I can see both sides of the issue. But for me, I'm not terribly disappointed that there won't be political ads on on Twitter this year. Yeah. I mean, it's... uh... Like I said, it's one way to approach this issue, mm-hmm. uh, clearly the opposite of how Facebook is wanting to approach it. And I I applaud Jack for making such a bold decision. Uh, and I, I do agree that it was uh, – it definitely is needed. We definitely need to kind of reform how we approach paying for political discourse on these platforms. I just personally uh, think it could backfire in a few ways and am interested to see how this plays out because I don't think this is the end of the conversation. Eventually, we're going to need to address, you know, we can't just block political advertisement forever. Sure. I think this is more of a band-aid to a larger conversation. This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app, or marketscale.com slash industries. Do you know someone who would be an insightful podcast guest? Connect with us on marketscale.com and let us know.